Hello and welcome. This is BP's first quarter 2015 results webcast and conference call. I'm Jess Mitchell, BP's Head of Investor Relations, and I'm here with our Chief Financial Officer, Brian Gilvary. Before we start, I need to draw your attention to our cautionary statement. During today's presentation, we will make forward-looking statements that refer to our estimates, plans and expectations. Actual results and outcomes could differ materially due to factors that we note on this slide and in our UK and SEC filings. Please refer to our annual report, stock exchange announcement and SEC filings for more details. These documents are available on our website. Thank you and now over to Brian. Thanks Jess and welcome to everyone dialing in. I'll start with an overview of the environment for the quarter and then take you through the results along with a reminder of how we are approaching our financial framework in response to lower oil prices. I'll also update you on US legal matters and progress in our upstream and downstream businesses before taking questions at the end. So, starting with the environment. In the first quarter of 2015, Brent crude oil fell to an average of just under $54 per barrel compared to an average of $77 per barrel in the fourth quarter and $108 per barrel in the same quarter last year. This is the lowest quarterly average since the first quarter of 2009 and Brent has continued to average below $60 per barrel through April. Oil supply remains buoyant with a combination of OPEC increasing production and year-on-year -year production growth in the United States. At the same time, OECD commercial stocks are at their highest level on record, with inventories in the United States at their highest level since 1930. Despite a significantly colder than normal February, Henry Hub prices in the first quarter were around 40% lower year-on-year -year at an average of just under $3 per million British thermal units as a result of continued strong production growth. By contrast, the overall refining environment improved in the first quarter, impacted by planned and unplanned outages in the United States and Europe, and improving demand. The upstream environment remains challenging, and we continue to expect oil prices to remain weak in the short to medium term. In our results, you are also seeing a number of quarter-specific impacts, including costs associated with the actions we are taking to respond and other accounting and tax effects. So I would characterise today's results as not only reflective of the new environment, but also of where we are in repositioning the company. Turning to the results for the group. BP's first quarter underlying replacement cost profit was $2.6 billion, down 20% on the same period a year ago and 15% higher than the fourth quarter of 2014. Compared to a year ago, the result reflects significantly lower upstream realisations, partly offset by increased upstream production and improved downstream environment and performance, lower cash and non-cash costs across the group, and a one-off tax benefit arising from the recently announced changes to UK supplementary taxation. 
First quarter operating cash flow was $1.9 billion, including a build of $2.5 billion in underlying working capital. The first quarter dividend payable in the second quarter of 2015 remains unchanged at 10 cents per ordinary share. In the upstream, the underlying first quarter replacement cost profit before interest and tax of $600 million compares with $4.4 billion a year ago and $2.2 billion in the fourth quarter of 2014. Compared to the first quarter last year, the result reflects significantly lower liquids and gas realisations, a lower gas marketing and trading result compared to a strong result a year ago, and cash costs associated with the cancellation of two deep water rigs in the Gulf of Mexico of just under $400 million. Partly offset by higher production, lower expiration write-offs, and lower cash costs resulting from ongoing simplification and efficiency activities. Excluding Russia, first quarter reported production versus a year ago was 8.3% higher. After adjusting for entitlement and portfolio impacts, underlying production increased by 3.7%, mainly due to the ramp up of major projects which started in 2014. Compared to the fourth quarter, the result reflects lower liquids and gas realisations, a lower gas marketing and trading result compared to a strong result in the fourth quarter, and the costs associated with cancellation of the two deep water rigs, partly offset by lower expiration write-offs and lower cash costs from simplification and efficiency. Looking ahead, we expect second quarter reported production to be lower due to significant seasonal turnaround and maintenance activity particularly in the Gulf of Mexico and PSA impacts. Turning to Russia, Rosneft are expected to report their final results in the coming weeks. Based on preliminary information, we have recognised $183 million as our estimate of BP's share of Rosneft's underlying net income for the first quarter, compared to $271 million a year ago and $470 million in the fourth quarter. Our estimate of BP's share of Rosneft's production for the first quarter is just over 1 million barrels of oil equivalent per day, an increase of 2.1% compared with a year ago. Further details will be made available by the management of Rosneft on their results conference call. Earlier this year, we made two BP nominations through election to the Rosneft main board. These are Bob Dudley, an existing Rosneft board member, and Guillermo Cantero, an experienced member of BP's senior management team, who is currently regional president for BP interests in South America. Their nominations will be considered at the Rosneft annual general shareholders meeting in June. And finally, also subject to approval at Rosneft's AGM, we expect to receive our next dividend from Rosneft in the third quarter of 2015. In the downstream, the first quarter underlying replacement cost profit before interest and tax was $2.2 billion, compared with $1 billion in the first quarter last year and $1.2 billion in the fourth quarter. 
The fuels business reported an underlying replacement cost profit before interest and tax of $1.8 billion, compared with $700 million in the same quarter last year and $930 million in the fourth quarter of 2014. Compared to a year ago, this reflects a stronger overall refining environment despite weaker crude oil differentials in the United States, increased refining optimization and production and improved marketing performance, stronger oil supply and trading, and the benefits of our simplification and efficiency programs resulting in lower costs. Compared to the fourth quarter, the result reflects an improved refining environment, strong supply and trading, and reduced costs, partially offset by lower marketing margins. The lubricants business delivered an underlying replacement cost profit of $350 million in the first quarter, compared with $310 million in the same quarter last year. This reflects continued momentum in growth markets and improved efficiency resulting in lower costs, partially offset by adverse foreign exchange impacts. The petrochemicals business reported an underlying replacement cost profit of $20 million in the first quarter versus a break-even result in the same period last year. Looking forward to the second quarter, we expect refining margins to be similar to the first quarter and a significantly higher level of turnaround activity. In other business and corporate, we reported a pre-tax underlying replacement cost charge of $290 million for the first quarter, a reduction of $200 million on the same period a year ago. This reflects improved business performance and lower corporate and functional costs. We continue to expect the average underlying quarterly charge for the year to be around $400 million, although this may fluctuate between individual quarters. The first quarter tax charge includes a number of one-off tax benefits, the most significant of which is the reduction in the rate of the supplementary charge in the United Kingdom. The opposite effect was reported in 2011 when the supplementary charge was increased. In the near term, we do not expect that there will be any cash flow impact from this change. Excluding the one-off North Sea deferred tax benefit, the underlying effective tax rate for the first quarter was 21%, compared to 33% a year ago. This lower effective tax rate reflects changes in the mix of our profits and certain one-off items, partly offset by foreign exchange effects from a stronger US dollar. We continue to expect the effective tax rate to be lower this year than 2014. Turning to the Gulf of Mexico oil spill costs and provisions. The total cumulative pre-tax charge for the Gulf of Mexico oil spill to date is $43.8 billion. The charge for the first quarter was $330 million. This reflects the ongoing costs of the Gulf Coast Restoration Organization and around $300 million related to business economic loss claims not provided for. It is still not possible to reliably estimate the remaining liability for business economic loss claims, and we continue to review this each quarter. The deadline for submission of all final claims is June the 8th of this year.
Regarding the Clean Water Act, we continue to believe that our original provision of $3.5 billion represents a reliable estimate of the penalty in the event we are successful in our appeal of the Phase 1 gross negligence ruling and we have maintained the provision at this level. The pre-tax cash outflow on costs related to the oil spill for the first quarter was $690 million. This includes just under $600 million representing the third series of payments under the schedule agreed with the Department of Justice in 2012 relating to criminal fines and penalties. A further payment of $530 million is due in 2016, $740 million in 2017, and a final payment of $1.2 billion in 2018. Of the $20 billion paid into the trust fund, $15.7 billion has now been paid out, with the remaining $4.3 billion available for distribution. Costs not provided for are being charged to the income statement as they arise each quarter. Now, turning to progress on divestments and our objective to divest $10 billion of assets over the 2014 to 2015 period. Agreed deals to date have reached $7.1 billion and this total includes the sale of a package of assets on the Alaskan North Slope, the farm down of 40% of our interest in the Aman Kazam project, the sale of our stake in the North Sea Central Area transmission system, monetization of part of our Gulf Mexico Paleogene interest, the sale of our global aviation turbine ores business, and proceeds from our Toledo Refinery Joint Venture Partner, Husky Energy, in place of capital commitments relating to the original divestment transaction. We remain on track to reach our $10 billion objective this year. Now this slide compares our sources and uses of cash in the first quarter of 2014 and 2015. Operating cash flow was $1.9 billion in the first quarter of 2015 compared to $8.2 billion a year ago. Excluding oil spill related outgoings, underlying cash flow was $2.5 billion. This reflects the impact of lower oil prices on earnings as well as a build of $2.5 billion in working capital in the first quarter of 2015, which we expect to unwind as the year progresses. The working capital build includes $1.4 billion relating to inventory optimization in high return contango market structures. Our organic capital expenditure in the first quarter was $4.4 billion and our full year guidance remains around $20 billion. We received divestment proceeds of $1.7 billion during the first quarter. Turning to our financial framework. In 2014, our financial framework reflected a position where operating cash flow exceeded capital expenditure and dividends as planned. We ended the year with gearing at 16.7%. And this was against the backdrop of the near $100 per barrel average oil price environment in 2014. At the end of the first quarter, during which oil prices averaged just under $54 per barrel, net debt was $25.1 billion and gearing stood at 18.4%. Notwithstanding ongoing litigation in the United States, 
Our intention remains to keep gearing within the 10 to 20% band while uncertainties remain. We are now responding to the reality of what we expect to be a sustained period of lower oil prices. Along with a continued focus on delivery in our businesses, we are working to complete our current $10 billion divestment programme. We have reset our capital frame to around $20 billion for 2015, compared to our original guidance of $24 to $26 billion, and we are actively resizing our cost base. These interventions are designed to support our dividend in 2015 in the current price environment, without compromising core investment for the future. As explained in February, this requires an intense effort right across the group. We have booked a further $215 million restructuring charges in today's result, bringing the cumulative charge to $648 million against the estimated $1 billion non-operating charge we expect to see before the year end. As well, the rig cancellation costs already noted illustrate the upstream's focus on determining the right scope of activity in this new environment. Over the medium term, we expect to take greater advantage of sector deflation while continuing to reset our own controllable costs with an objective of re-establishing a position within our financial framework where underlying operating cash covers capital expenditure and dividends. As we have said before, our first priority within the financial framework is the dividend. This reflects the commitment of our board to maintaining a stable dividend as you have seen today. We can sustain this by successfully resetting our capital and cost base and rebalancing sources and uses of cash in the prevailing oil price environment. We will continue to review progress as we move through the year. Turning to the ongoing Gulf of Mexico litigation in the United States. The penalty phase of the MDL 2179 trial is now complete. This was the third of three steps in the process of determining the amount of penalties under the Clean Water Act. We do not know the timing for the district court's ruling, but it could come at any time. In the first phase, the court issued rulings which included findings of gross negligence and willful misconduct by BP, and in the second phase, the court ruled that 3.19 million barrels of oil were spilled into the Gulf as a result of the incident. We have appealed both these rulings. Phase two also found no gross negligence in our source control efforts. As we have said before, we will pursue fair outcomes in all legal matters while protecting the best interests of our shareholders at all times. Following a detailed review of internal controls and fraud prevention and detection measures at the Court Supervised Settlement Programme, BP recently withdrew its appeal related to its motion to remove the claims administrator. The review demonstrated improvements the settlement programme had made and is continuing to make to the facilities administration, including the addition of scores of fraud investigators. BP looks forward to working with all the parties to continue to improve the facilities operations. We continue to compartmentalise these legal activities and BP's operational delivery teams remain fully focused on our core businesses.
Now, reviewing milestones and progress in the businesses. In the upstream, we remain focused on safe and reliable operations, the selection, timing and execution of capital projects and driving cost efficiency into the business. At the same time, there are a number of key milestones that our teams are working towards in 2015 and during the first quarter, we have made good progress on a number of fronts. In January, we announced the new ownership and operating model with Chevron and ConocoPhillips to progress two significant BP paleogene discoveries in the deep water Gulf of Mexico. As we described to you in February, this deal will enable us to maximize synergies and support the development of a key part of our future in the Gulf of Mexico, while also providing expanded exploration access. Meanwhile, in Egypt, we made another important gas discovery in the North Damietta offshore concession in the East Nile Delta. Turning to projects, the first of our planned startups for 2015, Kizomba Satellites Phase 2 in Angola, is expected to begin production very soon. And we continue to make progress on three further startups planned for this year the Greater Plutonia Phase 3 development in Angola Block 18, the Insala Southern Fields project in Algeria, and the Western Flank A project on the Australian Northwest Shelf. Also, following startup of steam operations last December, oil production began in March on the Sunrise Phase 1 project in Canada. Total production is expected to ramp up to full capacity of 60,000 barrels per day gross around the end of 2016. Looking forward to future developments, in March we signed final agreements for the development of the West Nile Delta projects, which will develop around 5 trillion cubic feet of gas resources in total, along with our significant investments in Amman Kazan and the Shak Deniz Phase 2, West Nile Delta will contribute to the increasing share of gas production in our upstream portfolio in the future. In our operations, we have maintained strong plant reliability at 94% across our operated assets in the first quarter. We are planning 15 turnarounds this year, compared to the relatively low number of eight in 2014. We began our 2015 turnaround programme in April and we expect to commence seven turnarounds in the second quarter, including Thunderhorse and Nakika in the Gulf of Mexico. We also continue to implement our plans to improve plant reliability in the North Sea with specific plans for each of our operated assets. For example, we have already improved reliability on the Fornaven gas compression system and we are currently focused on our sand and produce water management plans for ETAP. Finally, but importantly, we are maintaining a clear discipline on capital and cost management. As you are aware, we have cancelled drilling rig contracts in the Gulf of Mexico. But beyond this, we have deferred discretionary activity, such as the restart of drilling on the Magnus platform, and made progress in engineering standardisation across our projects and operations, all of which are delivering material savings. And across our portfolio, we are reducing headcount as we continue to simplify our business. In the downstream, we continue our strong focus on process and personal safety performance. In addition, as outlined in February, our strategic priorities are to build an advantaged manufacturing portfolio, 
to selectively invest in high return differentiated marketing businesses and to deliver our efficiency and simplification programs to improve our resilience to volatility and bottom of cycle conditions. In petrochemicals, we started up our new PTA plant in Zhuhai, China, which has a capacity of 1 million tonnes per annum. With this plant's advanced technology, we expect to reduce costs to help us become more resilient to bottom of cycle conditions. In lubricants, our focus on growth markets and premium brands continues to deliver like-for-like -like profit growth. In retail, we continue to see volume momentum in our growth markets. We continue to actively manage our portfolio. In the quarter, we announced the sale of our bitumen business in Australia and completed the sale of our interest in UTA, a European fuel cards business. And we're beginning to see benefits from the implementation of our simplification and efficiency programs as we streamline our businesses. We have significantly consolidated the number of our reporting units and are aligning our head office and functional support to capture the associated efficiencies. So to summarise, we are in the midst of a major transition as we work to reset the company. We remain confident that this is the prudent and right thing to do in the current market conditions. Looking at today's results, you can see the benefit of our integrated business. We believe we benefit from having repositioned our portfolio to drive value over volume with right-sizing of the cost base already well underway. Our near-term priorities remain those we set out in February. Delivery the continued safe, reliable and efficient execution in our businesses. Divestments completing our current $10 billion divestment programme. Discipline on capital and costs, the resetting of our capital budget and right-sizing our cost base. And most importantly, sustaining the dividend, which makes us keenly aware of the need to rebalance our sources and uses of cash for a lower oil price environment. Longer term, the roadmap is one of operating off a reset base. We will realise the potential of our portfolio as we start up the next wave of upstream major projects and look to improve returns in our downstream business while maintaining strong cost and capital discipline. Our focus throughout will remain firmly on value for shareholders.